Hello and welcome to Beckett Talks, the new podcast from Leeds Beckett University. In these podcasts, we'll be showcasing our diverse community of students and academics, touching on the important themes that surround universities today. Hi everybody, my name is Dr Annette Stride, I'm the course director for physical education in the Carnegie School of Sport and I'm joined here today with my long-term colleague and friend Dr Lisa O'Keefe who works in sport business. We're going to start um, by um, asking Lisa just to talk a little bit about what she has been doing here at Leeds Beckett for the last sort of 10-11 years. Okay, thanks Annette. Um... Basically, I've been a senior lecturer at Leeds Beckett for about 11 years. I teach in sport, business and management. So my PhD that I got a long time ago, 1999, um, is in economics. So most of my work um, professionally, I guess you could say, is in professional team sports. So I look at football, rugby league, rugby union. I've worked in them all in the field and then I've transferred that across to academics. So basically, I look at things like salary caps in rugby league, I look at the labour market, the transfers in football, that type of thing. So I also um, teach globalisation. So things looking at um, the labour market in, in the global, um, globally. I also look at, um, I teach a module of globalisation at undergrad and postgrad. So those are the two key things that I do. I've been a course leader at master's level and at undergraduate level, and I do quite a lot of the online and distance learning type modules as well. Okay, and I think it's safe to say, isn't it, in terms of your research, much of that has been around sort of male-dominated sports. Yes, definitely. Okay. So I've always worked in male sports. I've never worked in female sports. So, um, and all of the research that I've always done has been on on male sports. Yeah. So I've never really been involved in female sports or female research as such until okay. recently <laughs> yeah and I think that's why this this is this is um you know an interesting story in that what we're going to talk about next is the kinds of things that you've been getting involved in um outside of your role at Leeds Beckett so I wonder if you want to talk to us a little bit about that yeah so um instead of writing about men playing football and, and spending money millions of pounds I've actually been for the last probably eight years um every year going to Kenya and I started going to Kenya because of running. So I've run from the age of seven. I run marathons and half marathons all over the world. I've been fortunate enough to, to go to every continent and run. And so I went to Kenya about eight or nine years ago to train basically at altitude and see what it was all about and see why the Kenyans were such good runners. Fell in love with the country. Um, didn't want to leave. Cried all the way home, actually, after my first visit. <laughs> and just kept going back. And the more I got went back, the more I got involved in the culture of the country and obviously made friends. I'm learning Kiswahili, which is the language along with English. So I'm trying to learn the language to communicate with the people in their own language. And then about two or three years ago, I got involved with an international charity that's based in America that do a lot of work on empowering women. And so basically that's where this area of my research kind of started. So we do a number of projects in and around E10 and Tambach, the Rift Valley area. And it's really working in the rural areas and a lot of the time with single women who have got children. So we have a cow project or a livestock project and we buy them a cow. And this is a symbol of, of prosperity in Kenya. So we give the women the cow, we, we obviously help them look after it and then they produce the milk um, and then they can actually 
um, sell the milk and, and earn money to feed their families and help their children go to school. And what we've seen is that women have also been able to build their own houses and things like that. And so re we've really see, seen them progress and, and improve their, their standard of living as, as they've done this. And the other thing that we're encouraging now as the programme's gone on for a few years is a lot of the women will actually um, pay it forward. So their cow will have a calf and then they'll pay it on and give the calf to another woman. And so the cycle continues. So that's one of our projects. And the other main one is called Ruby in the Rift. And this is um, regarding period poverty. So one of the main reasons why girls don't go to school in Kenya or miss so much school or don't graduate is because of, of their periods and they can't afford sanitary protection and things like that. So we give them all a Ruby cup, um, teach them, you know, about kind of sanitary protection and all that kind of stuff. So um, we have that, that um, program as well. And then we have another, uh, another a number of other programs. So we we have um, a scholarship program, so we're going to local primary schools and, and the um, the academic, the best academic students are given a scholarship, which then pays for them to go to um, secondary school because that's not free in Kenya. So we have a number of projects that we do um, around not just women, but a lot of it is about empowering women and girls. OK, that's great. So not only are you looking at a different identity, you're looking at young women and, and women instead of men, but you're also you've also a lot of your work is away from sport. Um, and I wondered if 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 you're sort of looking forward, how you're you're sort of thinking how you can almost um, what's the word I'm looking for, how you can relate kind of your professional career and what you sort of you know your passion around teaching sport with what you're doing in Kenya yeah so about two years ago as I say I joined the board of um, Cross World Africa which is the organization and they did all of these programs and I've been involved in them so I, I did things like um, I went to a cow auction and actually used some of my Swahili and, and bought some cows um, for the women I've farmed maize which is one of the main kind of um, things that they farm in Kenya to make ugali. I've learned how to cook Kenyan food and that kind of thing. I'm not great, but I've tried. Um, but so I've tried to um, embrace the culture and learn, you know, how the people of Kenya, Kenya live and, and, and how it works and things like that. But um, one of the things that the charity haven't done up to this point is really use sport as a, as a mechanism or as a tool um, to do various things. So obviously because of my background, I suggested that we moved forward with that and that's what we're doing we're building up to now so a couple of years ago they flattened a field at one of the schools that we work at and that we go into and help with scholarships and they created a football pitch and the last time I was in Kenya which was January 2019 I went and bought a machine and had a machine built to put the lines on the pitch and all this kind of stuff and bought the paint and so we were having um, a global challenge so the cross world africa global challenge which was going to be a boys match and a girls match to try and get them involved in sport and we were going to give them medals and, and give them a nice trophy with the ribbons on so it's two lo local schools that we work with we're going to play each other and we hope that this would carry on every year and encourage more people to, to kind of get involved in the sport the next thing, the next phase was going to be um, a sports day because they don't have really things like that in a lot of the schools. So um, using track and field and things like that, because obviously we're based in E10, which is huge for 
for running. That's where all the main, you know, the, the famous runners come from. So we wanted to do that. And then that was kind of the basics of it, obviously just starting to integrate sport into the programs of the um, charity. But then what we wanted to do from that is some other things that probably would be a bit more impactful. So um, one of the things that we wanted to do was um, give scholarships. So um, choose rather than well, at the moment we give scholarships to the academically gifted girls and, and boys so we wanted to pick some girls at primary school who were um, athletically gifted follow them through give them scholarships to high school and then hopefully help them get scholarships to america to you know track and field scholarships and almost follow them through that journey and through that process and see the impact it's had on their life the Carnegie School of Sport at Leeds Beckett University is one of the largest providers of sport in UK higher education. Recently investing £45 million in a new home for sport, the new building provides world-class sporting facilities and also acts as a hub for elite athletes, sports and industry partners. With courses in sport, exercise and health sciences, physical education, sports management and sports coaching, the school takes an interdisciplinary approach to teaching and research enabling the students to graduate with the skills needed to succeed in an evolving sport and physical activity industry. So, if any of these subjects interest you, go to leedsbeckett.ac.uk forward slash CSOS for more information. The other things that we wanted to do is start a, a girls' leadership programme. So work with some of the secondary schools that we work with and a lot of the schools around that area are um, single sex. So work with some of the, the girls schools and actually get them to go into the primary schools, give them some education um, and some training on coaching and leadership and, and that kind of thing. And then have them go back into the, the primary schools and teach some of the girls and, and coordinate and run sports clubs and, and those kind of things. So. There's a bunch of things that we're looking to do. We're looking to put on clinics and, and help, um, you know, not just sport, but try and develop skills such as, you know, leadership and, and, and um, teamwork and communication. So a lot of girls in Kenya in the rural areas, if their families are not rich enough to pay for them to go to school, to secondary school, then obviously they, a lot of them will end up staying at home, um, looking after younger siblings, um, helping on the farm or in the in the family business and things like that and so really by giving them some of these opportunities from an education point of view but also from a sports point of view it just opens their eyes to to how they can develop and, and provide them with different opportunities and they've they've been um or have had, have had access to okay that that sounds really interesting um one of the things you touched upon was um sort of kenya being um pretty good for for long distance running and I wondered like you know what is the setup there like you know is it sort of you know how do young people get picked to to, mm -hmm. to you know is it are there sort of tra you know big training facilities or you know what yeah. can you tell us about that I mean there's not that many cinder uh, sorry tartan tracks cinder going back a bit tartan tracks in Kenya there are some um, but most of the athletes there, um, at least in the E10 area, are kind of marathon runners, half marathon runners. So they train on the roads. There are big training groups, um, but generally, if you want to be a runner, you can just join in the training group. And, and, and you know, some of them are, are obviously sponsored by Adidas or there's a big NN one, which Elliot Kipchoge, you know, is a member of and things like that. But you can, there is the opportunity to go and just run if you want. You know, there's, if you go out on the street at about six o'clock in the morning in E10, all you can hear is noise 
And the first time you go, you think, what, what's that? It sounds like a herd of elephants and it's just runners. For a runner like myself, it's an amazing sight. But um, at school level, um, I would say that's where it really starts. So obviously they do have kind of sport like we do in terms of they have regional meets and schools go against each other and those kind of things. But one of the issues obviously is if your family aren't rich enough to pay for you to go to school, then basically unless you get a scholarship or some kind of funding, you, you don't have the opportunity to compete even locally or regionally. So one of the problems is some of the, the poorer students or who would be poor, you know, students don't get that opportunity to go. And obviously if they're not in school, there's not a lot of other opportunities to do sport, at least in the rural areas. So it's either that they're kind of, um, their first port of call for, for sport is in school. And if they're not in school, then they don't play sport. So, and as I said before, a lot of the times, if, if families are poor, the boys will be the ones, if they've got so money for, for um, children to go to school, the boys will get kind of the first ones to go. And so then the girls obviously don't get that opportunity. So there, are, there is some structure um, to, to sport. And, and obviously I know more about the running because I've been in that area. But it's, um, yeah, it's very much tied towards school at the beginning. And then obviously by the time kind of you get older, if you haven't gone through that process and gone through the school, you're probably already, you know, dropped out. And there yeah. isn't really a culture, at least from what I've experienced when I've been there, of kind of physical fitness and activity. So whereas maybe we're encouraged to, to just do it, even if you're not very good at running, to do it to keep fit and that kind of thing. Um, there doesn't seem to be, at least from what I can see, that type of culture. Now, you will see some going out and just jogging and, you know, older people like you would say in England, but probably not the numbers that you see um, there. And I know the World Health Authority and the United Nations are looking at this now because we're seeing in some of the African nations, we're seeing an increase in some diseases such as heart disease and obesity and stuff. But obviously, um, and so there is a kind of a push to say, right, well, actually, in those nations, they need to be aware of kind of physical activity for physical activity's sake and for health. Whereas I think at the moment, at least in E10, it's very much performance based because that's where all the major athletes are located or at least within that area. OK, good. And you've alluded to this a little bit, um, but it was just something I thought would be a, a good one to finish off on. In terms of sort of getting young people, whether this is boys and girls involved um, in sport, you know, why? And I'm, I know I'm sort of speaking to the converted here, but why do you see this as being so important beyond what you've alluded to in terms of health and physical fitness? Well, obviously, like yourself, we've both been involved in sport. I started running when I was seven. Um, and it it's amazing what sport can do. You know, I've. Most of the things I've done in my life, I've been lucky enough to do and, and travel is because of sport and, and the people, and not just the travel, but the people that I've met and the things that I've seen and, and the opportunities that I've got. You know, I'd have never gone to Kenya if it wasn't for running. If I wasn't involved in sport, Kenya's not somewhere I would have probably ever thought about going apart from on safari. So that's opened up opportunities through that. But I think more than that, especially at this level that we're talking about, kind of at the, at the local level within the communities in Kenya, it's giving people confidence that, you know, um, there's there's something else that they can maybe try or giving them, empowering them to feel like they can make some choices about what sport they want to play. So, you know, there's that, there's, there's working as a team, there's developing all those kind of um, traits and skills 
that maybe it's more fun to, to learn through sport than it is in a classroom or you know through other activities. So I think really it's just a lot of it is about confidence. And I think a lot of us who've been involved in sports since we were young gain confidence from that and probably wouldn't be as confident with certain things. And I think sport, as well as obviously keeping you healthy and being aware of what you should be eating and all that kind of stuff, it really does give you other skills and 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 then obviously those opportunities from that. So I think it's more about those things that I'm really excited about that we can offer young young people that have never really had it. And it's not gonna, you know, I'm not naive enough to know it's gonna change the world and it's gonna change everybody's life or anything like that. But even if we can just maybe develop some of those skills further in terms of leadership or a bit more empowerment for some of the girls and give them some opportunities, then even if we can just do that with one or two, we're making progress and it will, if it can change even one person's life, then I think that's that's a positive. Yeah. That's great. It's been really great talking to you, Lisa, and it's been lovely to sort of catch up, um, especially in terms of your life outside of Leeds Beckett. And it's lovely to sort of see that you, you know, you're still so passionate about your running, but also that that's developed, and now you're you're using that um, that passion and that sort of energy to you know, work with another generation, as it were, and and you know, try and instill that. But like, like you've said, it's it's more than just investing and getting young people to um, sort of see the physical benefits of sport, but it's all of those other add-on benefits that they uh, that they can bring. You know, if you think of, of all the time that you play sport, and the, just that, just the social side of friends that you make and people from different walks of life, and and you know, I I would have never thought when I met you ten years ago that I would have been friends with a whole bunch of people in Kenya because I'd mm. never. And it wasn't something I'd done. So I think, you know, the social aspect and, and, and you learn through those social interactions with people from, from different walks of life as well. Yeah, that's great. So thank you for um, thank you for sharing this with us today. Um, it's, it's been really appreciated and I really wish you good luck in uh, everything that you're going to do in the future. Thank you. And thank you for having me to chat. Thank you. It's been great. <laughs> the Beckett Talk podcasts are released every Tuesday. So don't forget to check our social media channels on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook to find out more details on our next episode. See you next week.